Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. Presentation of God, if you don't spend time in prayer, I say you're a spiritual fraud. If you listen to that message in church, what woman? Say you can't call yourself a preacher and you don't pray. You don't spend time with God. You become like a walking fraud. You now have a form of godliness, but there's no power. Say amen. All right, so tomorrow we'll be here to pray, fasting from morning till evening. And uh, it's going to be an important time. We're going to worship God. We're going to pray. I'll be leading the prayer. So make sure we're all here. Amen. amen. I didn't hear everybody. Amen. Are you excited about convention? I don't know if you've been praying, you will have a spiritual, holy expectation of great things that God will do, not just in your life, but in our midst. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, so let's, let's get ready for that. Uh, I want to thank and appreciate all those who showed up for the cleaning in church yesterday. Um, well done. We did a very, very good job. So thank God. God bless and reward you. You know, when you spend time for God and you walk in his house because it's your father's house. He'll reward you for that. Amen. All right. Praise God. Okay. Are we ready for the word of God? We're looking at the armor of God. We're looking at the armor of God. First Timothy 2 verse 4. Everybody quickly. First Timothy chapter 2. I want everybody to make sure they pay attention this morning. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 4. The most important part of his service is the word. In fact, the word is the entire core of his service. If you don't get the word, you wasted your time. So keep your focus right. All right? First Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 4. Can we read that together? It says, who will have all men to be saved and to what? And to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Say with me, say, God is willing that all be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I didn't hear you. Some of you are talking like you are sleeping. Say, God is willing that all be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. This is God's heartbeat. This is the emphasis of heaven on earth. This is the heartbeat of God. God wants all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And any genuine Christian will have the same passion, the same urgency, and the same drive. Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why Jesus came. Now, we have revealed from the scripture that the knowledge of the truth strongly imply that there is a knowledge of the lie. Is that not true? I still use the definite article called D. The knowledge of the truth. That's a singular pronoun. Singular plural. You know what they call it singular plural? It has a plural connotation, but you use a singular to address it. When you say the knowledge of the truth, it's not as if um, there are several truths. Is that not so? Because the Bible says about the Holy Ghost, he will guide you into all the truth. So truth in itself is Jesus. And within Jesus, who is the truth, there are several truths. Is that not so? Do you understand what I mean by that? That's what I call a singular plural. That's simple grammar. You know that. All right? So if there is a knowledge of the truth, there is a knowledge of the lie. Is that not so? That's what it means. And within that lie are several other lies. And when the Bible says God is willing that all will come to the knowledge of the truth, I told you it strongly implies that there is a knowledge of the lie that has been invested into creation. Now, you are aware of who our enemies is. The devil is our adversary according to scripture. And the Bible says he's a liar and the father of it. 
Thus, the enemy will say the devil is a liar by nature and also by what? Operation. And that lying is Satan's instrument of deception. The devil is a liar. He lies by nature and by operation. So if you're going to deal with Satan, you have to know the truth. Did you hear what I said? Human intelligence cannot handle satanic lies because satanic lie is demonized. It's demonized or demonically weaponized. Okay. And we said in Revelation 12, 19, that the Bible describes the devil puts all his title there in terms of his character, calls him Satan the devil, which deceiveth the whole world. So his mission is to deceive the entire world. That's his MO. All right? And we also said that Satan invested his lying nature and culture. You know what a culture is? A culture is a way of life. A way of life is the way people think, the way people act, and the way people speak. When God created man, there was only one culture that was evident in the life of man, and it's the culture of divinity. It's a culture that is based solely on what God said. But when Adam sinned and when God showed up and they were running away, you know what God said? Where are you? Adam said, I heard your voice. I discovered I was naked and I was afraid and I decided to hide. And God asked him, who told you that you are naked? The last culture I left is what I said. Who spoke to you? Was it because God didn't know God? No, but God was talking to Adam to take responsibility for what has happened to him. But something had happened to creation. A lie had invaded creation. And one of the first manifestations of the lie was self-denial. Not taking responsibility for what you do. Because it's a satanic nature for people not to take responsibility for what they did. Are you understand what I'm saying? Have you heard people when some things will happen, say, why did you do it? Say, it's the devil. Say, it's the devil that, that made me do it. What do you mean the devil made you do it? You agreed with the devil. Because when he said, what did you do? He said, the woman you gave me, gave me, the woman that you gave me, gave me to eat. Woman, what did you do? It was the serpent that deceived me. Nobody was taking responsibility for their action, which was a manifestation of a foreign culture that has invaded human nature. Right from that day, when people commit sin, they blame Satan, which is a manifestation of his deception in the hearts of men. That's what people, have you noticed that? It's one of the things in our mind that must be renewed. People cannot just simply say, I am sorry. When they say, I am sorry, okay, since you said what you, you didn't like what I did, and you now felt that what I said is bad, and it's not okay with you, I am sorry. Are you sorry? Answer me, are you sorry? Is that an apology? That's not an apology. That's a manifestation that the deception of the devil is still in your mind. Okay, since you're the verse, now no verse. I no verse. Okay, sorry. I am sorry. So the person is not taking responsibility for his action. You've done something that has provoked maybe a cause for offense, and you are not taking responsibility for that. In a way, you are still trying to justify what you did. Okay, no verse now. Since you're the verse, sorry. Are we here? That was one of the lies that was invested. And it was a manifestation of a culture called selfishness. Everybody say selfishness. selfishness. I didn't hear you. Selfishness. Everybody say it. Selfishness. Everybody say it. Selfishness. Everybody say it. Selfishness. You know what selfishness means? Putting your interests ahead of God. That's what we're dealing with today. Even in church, we have converted what the reason God... I mean, set up the assembly or the local church is to teach and equip believers. But we now come, we have now redefined it. We are now using God to blow. <laughs> have you heard people say that before? What are we doing? Ask your neighbor, are you using God to blow? It's a manifestation of the corruption and the perversion in man. So we are now, you know when we come to church, we are not interested in the reason why God set up the church in the first place. Why cause it the grand and pillar of truth? And why we are supposed to come and fellowship, we are not interested in that. We are, when we go to church, check Facebook, it's a, mad, it's a madness. It's a witchcraft that has entered the hearts of men. Oh God, my day will come, my day. Which day? My time will come. Which time? Let me tell you what they mean by which time. The time where it, the, there will be a change in the situation that now promotes their ego 
that the suffering they were suffering before has finally passed away. And they have now been able to stay in a better house. They now have ride a better car. They can travel abroad. They now have a job with bigger money. And, and at the end of the day, it's all we, 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 and we, 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 and we. That's all. There's no power there. So now God now becomes a tool, an instrument now. And this is because of Satan's lie. By the way, happy birthday, Samson. I said I was going to say it, I forgot. All right? Happy birthday. And we, and we just, it now becomes about us. And, and you know what happens? It now even affects the way we serve God. And, and it, to the point that we become selfish, self-centered. And our serving God is now based on our expectation, not what God put in the first place. And, and when the expectation we have, Paul mentioned two things that you never infect your service. One is eye service, and the second one is men pleasers. What is eye service? Notice me. There are certain people, if they feel that they are not appreciated or noticed because of what they do in the house of God, they take offense. And the question that comes to your mind in the first were you doing that because of God or because of man or because of you? If you're doing that because of man, then you will be offended. But if you're doing it because of God, whether anybody notice you or not, you are not doing it as unto man, you're doing it as unto God. The second one is men pleasers. You are now obsessed with people's affirmation. You want people to acknowledge. You want to please men. You will do everything to get people's attention. And if God helped the person, if the, if, if the person is not noticing you as you want, you get angry. They don't appreciate me in this church. After everything I've done for them, they now start personalizing what they do. I have, if you know how much I have suffered in this church, Aish, if you know the way I suffered, the way I sweat, the way I wound, even Nate, tear my body. Are you doing it for me? He's not me. I can't guarantee you anything. Even the church can't guarantee you anything. It's only God that can guarantee you. What we do here is because he's instructed us, instructed us to do it here. So Satan has invested a lie into creation. Everybody say creation. creation. And I told you, Paul mentioned that lie when he was talking about um, talking to the church in 2 Corinthians 3. He said, 11.3, But I fear less by enemies as the serpent has deceived Eve through his cunningness, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Everybody say the simplicity that is in Christ. See, the life that God has saved you into is the best kind of life. And that's the life you've been saved to live. If you just let the word of God teach you how to live that life, all this stress you are carrying, you won't carry it. Did you hear what I said? All this stress you are carrying, you will not want. The reason Christians are stressed is because they are trying to live a version of the Christ version, and it doesn't work. You don't have any version. The Bible says, I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives what? In me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by what? The faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave his life for me. Second Corinthians chapter 5, it says, he who died for all died that we should no longer live unto ourselves. What makes you sad? You. What makes you happy? You. That's, that's a miserable way to live. You are not safe to live by your opinion. Many of you today, you are looking for reasons to be happy. You are looking for reasons, and, and you've turned your husband into the reason to make you happy. My wife is not the reason for me to be happy. If I do that, I'm being unjust to her. She's not responsible for my joy. She's not responsible for me. Jesus is responsible for them. Are you hearing me? Same goes. So that when our imperfection begins to show, you will not get disappointed because I wasn't the object in the first place. Do you understand what I'm saying? This wasn't about me. We are all called to serve him. Is that not true? And to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. But the corruption of the lie of the devil, and you see that in our social media platform, trying to deify and demi, de, is it the demi okay, deify and turn people into gods. Even the songs you hear that is being sung on the secular is making uh, human love an idol, glorifying that what will make you happy is that girl, that lady, 
that is wearing brazen and pants. I'll be shaking bum bum for you. You think that will give you joy? That's just cardio. Did you hear what I said? It is what? It's cardio. But if Satan gives you a corrupt and lustful interpretation of that, and you think that's what makes a woman a woman, say, ah, you see this woman, she carry. What do they mean by she carry? Because they're looking at her backside and they're looking at her front. And there are some women who think that's it. There are people today in social media, all they do is shake their bum bum, 20 million. 20 million people looking at a woman shaking her bum bum. Is that no insanity? Say, CEO, what, what are you saying? It's a lie, but we believe it. Believe it. And that's what the devil is doing. Hallelujah. Are we here? We said Satan lies targets the minds of men. He seeks to reprogram the mind with lying deception so that men would become disobedient and rebellious to the knowledge of God. That's what the devil is. And praise God, our Heavenly Father has sent Christ to defeat the devil, defeat demons, and also the operation of darkness so that he can bring repentance. Everybody say repentance. Say, say repentance. And restoration. Repentance and restoration. Repentance is a mind shift. Restoration is a spiritual shift. Did you hear what I said? Jesus came to bring repentance and restoration. What is restoration? It's taking you back to the original design. The way God ordained for it to be. That's why Christ came. The word restore means taking it back to God's original intent. The way it should be. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not some, all your heart. Lean not unto what? Your own understanding. Your own understanding. Your own understanding. But the lies of the devil will pressure us to resist the will of God. Why did you think Paul says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. So you may prove that which is God's will, that good, acceptable, and perfect will. There are many of us today, we are resisting God's best because we're resisting his will. And the reason is because of the investment of lies that Satan has put into creation. And, that, and those lies, I told you, comes disguised in, and packaged behind institutions and, and ideologies, philosophy, uh, uh, structures, businesses. The lies are behind them. Promising you a life that doesn't exist. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what is called the pleasure. You know what they call pleasure? Pleasure is an illusion. It promises you something that does not exist and you can never have it. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That, that's one of the investment of Satan's lying culture. To offer men pleasure. Men shall be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. The goal of pleasure is to attack your love for God. And everybody's pleasure is different. The pleasure is always personalized to the victim. Because what may be pleasurable to you may not be pleasurable to somebody else. And the devil understands that. He knows how to manipulate through his demons. That's why the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against what? Principalities and powers and, and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. So this demonic spirit, their job is to look for the situations around you to create the pleasure that will cause you to shift your focus from God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so you need to get this clear. Praise the name of the Lord. All right? So let, let's, let's understand this. This is important. Jesus came to bring repentance and restoration to the hearts and the minds of men through the gospel. Write this down. The gospel is the revelation of Christ and his finished works. The gospel is God's pillar and institution of truth. The gospel is a revelation of Christ and his finished work. The gospel is God's pillar. Everybody say pillar. You know what the word pillar means? Support structure. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is God's pillar and institution of truth. An institution is like a school of truth. When you use the word institution, a school of truth. The gospel, and that's what the scripture offers us. The scripture reveals to us the gospel of Christ and what he has done. It's our pillar and institution of truth. Another word for institution means our reference point for truth. There is so much lie in this word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
so much lies. I was talking to a friend of mine who called me, and the gist about politics came up, and, and he was mentioning some of the things that were going on. I told him, I said, he's an older person. I said, sir, I said, politicians have no permanent enemy. They only have permanent interests. So if you foolishly go and follow somebody without being led by the Spirit, the same person you are following in the back, that's why I pray that God will guide you, especially this election that's coming. Pray that God will guide your choice. Don't be carried by the razzmatazz. God knows the heart. And the Spirit of God will lead us to the exact person that will lift up out of this madness. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Are you hearing me? And listen to me. Nobody is too big for God to bring down. Did you hear what I said? What did I say? You know what the Bible says? Is it a big or small thing for God to save by many or by few? So God can do any. He says the one that lifts up kings and do what? And brings them down. So pray God will guide what you choose. Because sometimes that which is obvious may not even be the real thing. Did you hear what I said? Aha. Uh-huh. Because there's a web of lie you don't know. Some of you will be shocked because there's some things you don't know. Where these people meet, you will go down and see all of them drinking together. Then you say, ah, but I thought they are quarreling. It's because you don't know. So let God guide you. Say amen. amen. Back to my message. Amen. All right? Are we there? So the gospel is God's pillar and institution of truth. Why is that so? Write this down. Its purpose is to re-educate. Everybody say re-educate. You know what it means to re-educate? It means to reprogram. Before we got born again, we've been educated wrongly. We've been educated. You need to know this. Admit and understand. Because if you don't, you will never change. Before we got born again, we've been educated wrongly about life, about your future, about li- relationship, about so many things. Satan through sin has educated man wrongly. Some of the struggles we have today, which is called flesh, is the residual effect of the education of sin in our mind that has to be subjected to the word. Why is it that you don't pray as you should pray? Because there's a lie in your mind that is not making you pray. That lie has created an alternative choice of lifestyle that justifies that lifestyle so you don't have time to pray. Why do you struggle to read your Bible? Because there is a mindset in you that does not see the need to read the Bible. It's a thinking. Because the actions of a man are generated from his mind. Do you understand that? You act the way you think. And you, the way you think is the way you've been programmed to function. That's the way God designed it. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Paul said to Philemon um, in Philemon 1.14, he says, without your mind, I can do nothing. If your mind does not agree, drag people. If the mind is not in agreement, you are wasting your time. The famous saying, you can take a horse to the water, but you can't make it drink. If it's not in the mind of the horse to drink, you can't make it drink water. If people are following you and their mind is not with you, you are just taking this through. Where it reaches where their mind is, they will follow it and leave you. That's why God needs to read. God understands that the reason we are struggling with his goodness, we are struggling to receive his best, is because there is a, re- a programming in our mind that is attacking the revelation of his goodness in our life. That's why we are resisting God. That's why. That's why we are playing sharp with God. Because there is a programming. So the gospel is God's pillar and institution of truth to re-educate man from the lying deception of the devil. Now I've told you, the lying deception of the devil is what the Bible calls wiles of the devil. Is that not so? Is that not so? Yeah, wiles of the devil. And what are wiles? These are satanic deception that are programmed to attack the minds of men so that it can program men's mind to rebel, to disobey and rebel against God's word. Now, in order to combat these wiles of the devil, we said God gave us the armor of God. Everybody say the armor of God. Say that everybody. Say the armor of God. The armor of God is God's knowledge of the truth that will overcome and deal with the wiles of the devil. Because without that, you can't. Now, in order to introduce us to the armor of God, Paul gave us a military application 
of the armor of God. Everybody say the military application. Say this to me. The gospel is the knowledge of the truth. So the way God will have all men come to the knowledge of the truth is through what? The gospel. Everybody say the gospel. And what is the gospel? The revelation of Christ and what he has done. Is that not so? That's the gospel. It's the revelation of the truth. It is through which the gospel men will be saved. If you've been coming to Bible study, you will know. It is through the gospel that all will come to the knowledge of the truth. So the gospel is the knowledge of the truth of Christ. Now, Paul, by the Spirit, gave us a military application of the gospel. And that military application of the gospel, in, a, in, a, in his search to bring us to the knowledge of the truth, is called the armor of God. Everybody say the armor of God. Yeah, everybody say the armor of God. Paul, by the Spirit, gave us the military application of the gospel. And the gospel in military application is called the armor of God. Everybody say armor of God. I'm going to make a statement, then we're going to defend that. The armor of God is our advantage over Satan, demons, and the operation of darkness. The armor of God is what? Our advantage over Satan, demons, and the operation of darkness. These three factors is what we call the demonics or the diabolic. When you hear the word demonics or diabolics, it's referring to Satan, demons, and the operations of darkness. Is that clear? Turn your Bible quickly, everybody, to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 to verse 18. We're going to read it very fast for time's sake. Make sure you are fast and catch up with me. Ephesians chapter 6. Make sure you see this and begin to learn. Put on the old armor of God, whole means complete, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. These names are used to describe what they do. Do you understand? Did you hear what I said? Yeah, a demon is a demon. When they say a demon is a principality, it's because that's what he does. When they say a demon is powers, that's what he does. When they say demons are rulers of the darkness of the soul, that is what they do. It's a functional name. It has to do with the role that they play. When you say spiritual wickedness, it means they, they orchestrate wickedness from the spirit realm. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? When you say spiritual wickedness in high places, it means what the spirits do, they initiate and orchestrate wickedness from the spirit realm. That's what they do. Hallelujah. Alright? So, it says in verse uh, 13, Wherefore, as a result of what we are dealing with, take unto you the whole armor of God. Notice the term, the whole again. Armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So, it's not just for battle, it's also for living. You understand that? Now, look at verse 14. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery doubts of the wicked. Verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Verse 18. And final verse. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We're going to break this down. But like I said the armor of God. Say when we say the armor of God is our advantage over Satan and his allies. Say that again. Say the armor of God is our advantage over Satan and his allies. By his allies, I mean all the demons under his control and his operation. Say amen. Now, in the verse we just read, verse 11 reveals we are to put on the old armor of God because of what we are up against in this warfare. And what are we up against? The wiles of the devil. Our, our confronting the demonic army is over the wiles of the devil. I've told you Satan is a defeated being. Do you understand that? According to the record of heaven, Satan is not a threat to you anymore. Tell anybody, say Satan is not a threat. Say that. 
Say it one more time. You know why it's not a trick? Because Jesus has defeated him. All right? But he still fights because as long there's something he collected from Adam, it's called a lease, like a lease. When Adam sinned, he gave Satan a lease. And as long as there's one unsaved man in this church, Satan has a legal right to play. Do you understand that? That's called a lease. But we are the ones that has been put here to keep Satan under check. Did you hear what I said? The church is God's army that has been put here to keep Satan under check. We are the ones to keep Satan under control. That's why in the New Testament you see scriptures like cast out devils. Give the devil no place. Is that not so? Is it not so? Resist the devil and he will what? He will flee. We are the one that has been commissioned through Christ to put Satan under control. That's the authority that Christ has given to the church. It says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we have the authority, we have the advantage. But an advantage that is not used becomes a disadvantage. Is that not true? If I tell you I've given you $10 million in your account, it's been sent to your account, everything has been prepared, all you need to go is go to the bank, make withdrawal, and use it as you please. And for 10 years, you never go and withdraw. Will that advantage be an advantage? Why? Because you didn't engage it. So an advantage can become a disadvantage if you don't use it. We have victory over Satan. We have the advantage through the armor of God over the devil, which is a military application of the gospel. But if we don't use our armor, it becomes useless. And there are many believers who are born again who don't even have the faintest idea what the armor of God is. They guess. So we need to resolve that. Say amen. amen. All right, verse 12 reveals the demonic entities that are behind the wiles of the devil. We read them. We wrestle against them through these wiles. Their job is to use this wile to indoctrinate the minds of men so they can resist the will of God in their life and in the earth. And we deal with these people. We deal with people whose mind is under demonic uh, supervision. Who is influencing the kind of choices they make. And some of them are companies. You work in their companies. They are not born again. But you work in a certain as a space in their mind. And so whether you like it or not, if you don't know how to take authority, their policy can affect you. Are, are you listening to what I'm saying? This is what we're dealing with. Verse 13. He says, verse 13 reveals that to be able to withstand or stand our ground in the evil day and remain standing, we must put on the whole armor of God. Now, through the armor of God, we are able to wrestle. Everybody say wrestle. The word wrestle means to contend with the wiles of satanic forces that are working through men and the falling system of this world. I hope you know the system of this world is falling. Oh, it is falling. The system is not perfect. So it's strange for Christians to expect perfection from the system. You're wasting your time. It's not going to give you. There is no perfect government. Are you hearing me? Even the abroad, you are saying they are corrupt too. Did you hear what I said? It's not a perfect system. You know the new prime minister of UK is, um, is an Indian man. But, you know, because of um, where they moved, they nationalized and became British citizens. But he still carried Indian culture with him. I don't know if you saw the video. Before he entered, that's the first person that, that's the first foreigner to rule, um, to rule uh, um, Great Britain. Because Great Britain colonized India. I hope you know that. Yeah, they did. But now, someone who has nationalized under their, uh, their regime is not the prime minister. And the guy has a very impressive record. Well-educated, from a wealthy family. Very smart, very energetic but it's not a child of God. When he wanted to enter the house, he lit candle. Before he entered, he brought his influence with him. I saw it. They didn't tell me. Go and Google it on YouTube, you see. Put candle, knelt down, did like this, made his chant, made his incantation before he opened, so that he will bring the influence of the office under his control. Are you hearing me? The last one that came was a woman. She lasted two weeks. Only... Two weeks. By the time they roasted her, she ran away. Gave her back, 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 back. Well, she said, okay, I resign. These are the systems you and I are dealing with. Why did it think that way? Because that's the way it's been indoctrinated. Because in India, they have several gods. I watched a very funny video skit. Somebody was uh, posed like Britain was telling an Indian man, um, 
I have come to colonize your land. You know, you need to begin to pray to my God. So the guy said, eh, which of the God? Because where we come from, there are several gods. So I want to be sure that when I'm praying, I will not be making a mistake with them. Tell me which particular God I'm to pray for. He said, just pray to God. He said, eh, okay, God, no, not you, not you. God, not you, no, not you. You, you, you. That's the deception. And some of you don't understand. Some of the satanic influence is behind philosophies like New Age. Have you heard people say my truth before? That's a spirit. You don't have the capacity to have a truth, own truth. Who born you? Say my truth. That's the way I see it. That's the way I want it. That's, that's how it's okay. Be very careful. Because it could have trappings of New Age psychology that makes it about you, but behind the scene they are emoting you. Then all of a sudden, you will begin to resist the authority of scriptures. You will begin to water down your defenses. Are you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I remember one time where there was an argument about gay. You know, that is okay, not really bad. Just, um, you know, uh, it depends on the way you see it. So a lady was like, no, we need to really take it easy. It's really not really bad. No, let's not get too deep about it. What are you saying? Let's not get really deep about it. Your boundaries will start getting eroded. That's what Satan does. And before you realize it, you become what they call inclusive. That's how it starts. But what you don't understand is that there's a grand design scheme at the back of it. Satan is working tirelessly to infect man with his culture. A culture, what was the culture? That God is not good, and as a result, you can live life the way you want it without God interfering. God doesn't have your best interest in mind. You can figure it out yourself. You don't know to follow what he said. Do it the way you are. Somebody say, be careful. Yeah. Are you still with me? So the armor of God, through the armor of God, we're able to resist or contend with the wise of satanic forces that are working through men and the fallen system of this world to resist and hinder the will of God in our lives and in the earth. I have told you, what is the characteristic of strongholds? I told you strongholds are structures in the mind. Is that not so? They are formed from wiles. Wiles are deceptive thoughts. When they enter the mind and convinces the mind to think according to their nature and content, they produce in the mind an influence known as a stronghold. Everybody say stronghold. Yeah, that's what a stronghold is. And how do you identify a stronghold? The Bible tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but they, uh, sorry, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to what? To the pulling down of stronghold. And what are stronghold? Casting down imagination and everything, every high thing that exalts itself against knowledge of God. You can always tell a stronghold behind an advice. There are some good advice on social media that are strongholds. But you don't know. It's maybe they want to advise you for marriage, for instance. They will exhort themselves against the word of God. They will give you a concept of marriage that is very psychological, very motivational, but there's no submission to Christ inside. See, marriage is what two of you make it to be. Is that what the Bible said? Answer me now. Is that what the Bible said? Because some of you are, your marriage mentality is Hollywood celebrity. That's what you are thinking. And look at the mess it's creating. One woman will marry seven husbands. Come on, are you crazy? Something wrong with you? Only you seven, not that they are dead, though. I was with Tommy. We just lasted for two years, and, and we, just, we just couldn't do it anymore. So we left. So I now met, uh, I now met Johnson. And Johnson was okay, but you know, Johnson was crazy. So I left Johnson after one year. Then I now met Thomas. Uh, oh, Thomas was kind. We, we had good time together. But you know, Thomas, Thomas is from a, from a work place. I, I just dropped Thomas and, and just dropped it like it's hot. And, 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 I met, and I met Victor, not you. <laughs> and I met Victor. And uh, uh, Victor was okay. Victor had a good heart. We had some good time. We traveled around the world. We lasted for like five years. But you know, after it got boring, excuse me. 
Then I not met Rex. No, not you. I not met Rex. Then, you know, it was okay. Rex was cool. It was nice. Bought me things. We traveled around the world. We had a good time, you know. But, you know, the thing about Rex is that Rex is just, uh, I just didn't get him. After all, we, know, we, just, we, just, we just drifted apart. Hey, whoa. You will know that Satan is the one inside that man. He's destroying the life of the person. Now, it has entered Nigeria. You just see people, Hollywood people that are married. Uh, no, is it Hollywood? What do they call our Hollywood? Nollywood, eh? Very good. Nollywood. Um, we have, and they were announced on Instagram. Uh, just to let the public know. Which public? Who is concerned? I just want to tell all of you. Me and Johnny has decided to part with. And they have three children there. They are not even thinking about what will happen to the future of the children. So, you know, our personal happiness is very important and uh, we need to put ourselves first. I know it's a very rough road ahead. I'd like to advise everybody to respect our privacy. It is the devil that is talking through you. Because you are trying to run a God thing with a man thing. It doesn't work. Did you hear what I said? Read your Bible very carefully. Everything God asks us to do, he gave us his spirit to help us do it. Because he knows without his spirit, we can't do it. Why did he say, I will never leave you, nor forsake you? Because we need him. Why did he say, so you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper? Because we need his help. You know what he said to us in 2 Corinthians 35? He said, we are not sufficient to think anything as coming from us. But our sufficiency is of who? Of God. We have a group of oversubby people. And it's unbelievers, we can understand they are deceived. But it's worse for Christians who think they are smart. That's why the Holy Ghost can't work in some of us. Because we think we know. Obasabi. Well, figured life, we know how to do it. And you're making a full mess of it. Praise the name of the Lord. This is what we're, this is the effect of stronghold. I said stronghold represents the demonic influence and effect in the minds of men. Making them think thoughts that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. For instance, let me tell you another sign that you're dealing with a stronghold in your mind. It's when you are tempted to worry. You sit down and you, and you know to worry is a choice. But it's a bad choice because you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And your righteousness has allocated to you inheritances of God. Do you know your inheritance is God? God is your inheritance. So every choice you make is divine. But many of us, instead of choosing God, we will choose man. To worry is to choose man. To trust God is to choose God. That's what we are. But something inside of us, we just, we, we just want to worry. And many of us have taken it to the next level. Worry, then you squeeze your face. Now squeeze your face. Say, why do you lie? Like Say, nothing. You not add lie. Are you okay? I am fine. It's a lie too. Yes. Now sit down. Is everything okay? Yes. Three lie. You're worried. One of the things I do every morning, the Bible says, casting all your cares. That's the present condition. Everyone say, Lord, on behalf of me, my family, the refuge, house, church, the companies, the circle of destiny, relationship, I cast all my cares upon you. I, I choose to. I don't want to worry. Because it says, do all things without murmuring and disputing so you may be blameless. There's some of us now, we're not sophisticated. We just put some little distance and bone into ourselves. You will come to church, you will not greet anybody. You just sit in one corner and you'll be looking as if you are seeing spirit. Just in one corner and be, be doing your face funny in one corner. Say, are you okay? Say, I'm fine. Another lie. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Please hear me. Let me read something before I round up. Go to Zechariah chapter 1, verse 18 to verse 21. There was a revelation that was given to a prophet in the Old Testament that reveals three things about Satan that has always been there. One, the intent of Satan. Two, the status of the devil. And three, the ability of the devil. Three things. What did I say? Intent, status, and what? Ability. Intent has to do with his mind. Status has to do with what he commands. Ability is what he can do with it. Are you hearing me? All right, Zechariah chapter 1. Are we there? Then catch up with me. I can't wait for you. Zechariah 1 verse 18 to 20. If you have not read your Bible before, go to 
table of content and look for it. Then lifted I up my eyes and saw, and behold, four horns. How many horns? Four horns. This was a vision. Now, and I said unto the angel that talked with me, What be these? That is, what are these horns? Please pay attention. And he answered me, pay attention, these are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and what? Jerusalem. Verse 20. And the Lord showed me four communists. Verse 21. Then said I, what come these to do? And he spake, saying, these are the horns which have scattered Judah. So that no man did lift up his head. But these are come, that's the carpenter, to fray. That word fray means to quake, to shake. Them to cast out the horns. It started with horns, but look at the attachment. The horns, the horns scatters, but they are becoming the horns of the Gentiles. That word Gentiles there means nations. And the term, the horns of the Gentile, means the influence that is controlling the nations. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Which lifted up their horns over the land of Judah to do what? To scatter it. Now, this passage under the old covenant summarizes three realities of the devil. How many realities? Three. Number one, everybody say intent. What is intent? His mind. Two, status. Everybody say status. Status means what he carries. What he carries. And number three, ability. Everybody say ability. What he can do. You can see them reflected in this scripture. All right? Now, in the Old Testament, please hear me, Satan had an intent, and that intent has not changed. As, as a matter of fact, it is the reason behind his lies. The reason behind every satanic lie is to scatter. Write it down. The reason behind... So what the prophet... At this particular point, there was a lot of confusion in Judah, in Jerusalem. Everything was upside down. The nation was in shambles. They were in captivity. Nothing was working. Everything was upside down in the natural. Everything was upside down. And they were wondering what was going on. So the Spirit of God revealed to the prophet the spiritual forces and entity behind the scene that is producing that effect in the nation. He said he scattered um, Jerusalem, um, Judah, and where? And Israel, so that no man lifted up his head. That, that term, to lift up your head, is a sign of your authority and your rightful place. But what the enemy was doing through this on these horns are symbols of controls or influences. Write it down. The horns in the vision were symbols of control or influences over the minds of men. The symbols of controls and influences. Now, please hear me. In the Old Testament, Satan had intent, he had status, and he had ability. He could wield certain things. Because he had collected the authority of Adam. So because of the authority of Adam, he could do certain things in the Old Testament. But somebody say, praise God. Praise God. Just have about a minute more. Praise God. In the New Testament, the victory of Christ through the cross eternally altered two things about the reality of Satan. He knows it, but do you know it? The victory of Christ altered two things about Satan's reality. Number one, it altered his status and his ability eternally. You didn't hear what I said. The devil under the Old Testament is not the same devil in the New Testament. If you don't know it, then you are still deceived. The ability of Satan in the Old Testament, it's not the same ability under the New Testament. Why do you think Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power? to tread upon serpent and scorpion and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. Why? Because he has done something. He was about to do something on the cross that will enforce that. And praise God, 1 John 3, 8 says, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested so that he might destroy the works of the devil. 
The Bible said in Hebrews 2.14 that through death, he destroyed him that had the power of death. Who is he? The devil. Hebrews 2.14. Colossians 2.15. He spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly triumphing over them. So Satan, demons, and the operations of darkness has been defeated by Christ. That's why it says in him we have redemption through his blood, even the remission of our sin. But in verse 10 he says, he said, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So two things has been eternally altered about the reality of Satan. But if you don't know, he will keep lying to you. That's why any wonders under the New Testament that is attributed to Satan is called lying wonders. Everybody say lying wonders. It's a wonder, but it's a lie. And a lying wonder is something that is made to look real, but it is not real. The truth is this, write this down. Satan cannot help anybody. It's not in his nature to help. He can't help you. So what he does for people that they interpret as help it's not help. It's just a recipe for destruction. Just like when you buy chicken or turkey one month to Christmas and you begin to feed it. And you begin to feed it. Is it because you love the turkey? Eh? Is it because you love the turkey? You go and check it every morning. Check the lap. Check the neck. Okay. As you are looking at the turkey, you are seeing the different parts inside the soup. See the head. See the neck. And the turkey will see you come and feed it every day in the mind of the turkey. Oh, this my master loves me. Oh, he cares about me so much. He says he's making sure I eat three times a day. Because he wants the turkey to have good flesh. So on the day, one day, instead of food, he will see knife. That's how the devil is. Rise up, my friend. My time is up. We'll continue this in second service. We'll break it down and you will see how, how the wiles of the devil is captured. Praise the name of the Lord. Actually, under this, the wiles of the devil is the horns. Everybody say the horns. Because the wile of the devil is an instrument of control. It's an influence for control. Open your mind and begin to talk to God. We'll continue in second service. Lift up your offering quickly. Father, we thank you for the word of life you've given to us. We pray that this word will take root in our hearts and transform our minds that we may prove God's will for our life, that good, acceptable, and perfect will. And Father, we lift up our offering to you, those given online and given here. Father, we thank you and we worship you with our offering, acknowledging you always as our source, supplier, and sustainer. And we continue to receive grace to abound unto every good works and God's loving people say good amen. amen. All right, please have your seat quickly. Are the coach ready? Can we start rolling them? Want to go? And you know, I call. Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.